Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just you, you forgot to enter. So I, I went to my drill sergeant and I was like, dude, I'm having dreams about killing you. And he was like, listen, I know what you're trying to do. And if you try to go out this route, you're going to be stuck here in paperwork. I suggest you get your shit together <laughs> and complete the eight weeks and you'll be out of here. It just took that one conversation. I'm a I'm an observer and I listen and I'm like, those people that told me about this have been here for a while. Wait, so you, you went up to the drill sergeant and you I said, dude, like, yeah. I, I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to kill you. No, I said I'm having dreams about killing you. And, and, and he knew what I was trying he, to do. Hi, this is Celeste and this is my. Oh, wait, hold on. Hi, this is Celeste, the therapist. Whoa. Trademark. And this Business. is my golden hour. <laughs> Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four dear nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the fire deer attacked. Only Derek, master of all four elements, could stop those boys. But when Boston needed him most, he vanished into the enchanted Golden Deer Forest. Season four! So those two claps mean the start of an episode. Whoop, whoop. I'm excited. And before we, I got a feeling that this episode, there won't be much dead time because Celeste is a professional <laughs> talker and a professional communicator and a professional listener. <laughs> like she got degrees, man. I know. I am. There won't be any dead time. Cool. That's what makes for a good podcast, right? I know. <laughs> I Sometimes when we were listening to your episodes beforehand. Oh, God. Why do you get insecure about it? I don't like. I, I don't yeah, really listen to myself. It's weird, either. isn't it? Okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> my husband's always like, "Do you get tired of hearing yourself?" Because I, I need to hear it for the clips that I use. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> but but aren't you just in a rhythm now? Like you know, that will be a good piece. That will be a good piece. Yep. Yep. A little business even, mind. Huh? Even once I hear it during the podcast, I'm like, dude, that's going in the segment. From so my- yeah, so like when you start talking, you're like, oh my god, I'm on a roll. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome when I post it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but when we were listening to your episodes beforehand, it seemed like you 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 have a way of talking where you build it up, and then there's like that like fire piece <laughs> like that that fire motivational inspirational yeah. piece and then you keep going and then there's another one yeah. what what would what segment were we listening to specifically we we just listened to one about pe- saying no to people or giving people oh, passes yeah, yeah, yeah. giving yeah, people yeah, passes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you give people passes i used to so a lot of the things i talk about is from my own experience mm-hmm. of life and i'm only 36 um but i've um been through life and so um the things that have helped me i've just made it into like a solution focused way of dealing with it and being a therapist i pretty much know everybody's dealing with similar things you would never know it because social media appears like everyone's like good living their best Mm -hmm. life (laughs) but podcasts are good especially televised ones because like you can't really fake it 
can't. <laughs> it's it's a good and bad thing because yeah. so I have a sense to entertain a lot. You know, I uh-huh. just like have that sense uh-huh. in me. So I think what's been nice about this is that people also understand that I'm, I can be soft sometimes, man. You can. You're super dope. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So to my right, I have a fellow podcast host, and I'm going to actually just start off by saying this because we we'll probably want to cut this up as some promo. On June 30th, there will be an event taking place that has never happened before. Yes. And we're going to post this next week. So on June 30th, in a couple days, there will be an event happening in this city that has never happened before. All the podcasts in the city, not all of them, but some of the best, will be joining forces for one massive episode called the... Masscast. Oh, you're supposed to like really just go... Masscast! (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) And Celeste is one of the featured hosts, and it's going to be a panel... And it's going to be the first time ever in the city, and we're really excited to do it. Are you excited about it? I'm super pumped. I'm excited. I love your energy. Dude, the first time, um, so I found out about you from It's Lit Boston. I I follow them. And when I started following you, I'm like, dude, your energy is like A1. I can feel it even through social media. And then at the office party, I was like, yeah, you're so cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I get tired, though, sometimes, too. People get tired. I can tell. I can tell. I can I can feel your energy like when you're like overwhelmed or you're like, you know, anxious a little bit, but how how do you acquire a sense like that? You know, it's I think it's natural. I think some people are just like natural empaths and have natural have a natural sense of like Things understanding people. Mm-hmm. So like even though I have this degree in therapy in uh, psychology, I feel like anybody can get a degree in psychology, but the way that I do things is because it's a part of my purpose. I feel like therapists in good ones, it's less about IQ. This is obvious, but it's Dude, more about EQ. I'm right? so slow. Were <laughs> <laughs> well, you terrible at taking tests? Dude, yes. My husband would like, we were in college and he would never study. I would be in the library like banging it out, banging it out. And he would just go in class and pass. I have to listen. I have to read. Like, You I'm, have to let it register. I have to let it marinate. And like with mental health, pfft, Easy peasy, and it's definitely not about IQ with psychology. Well, it's a, well uh, EQ. Have you heard someone talk about EQ? Emotional intelligence. Yeah, it's just like mm-hmm. how you understand like the way people think and how they interact with people. Mm-hmm. How, do you think you've always kind of had a sense like that? I do, because even I think about growing up and how I um I noticed I didn't grow up in a great neighborhood, but like where'd you grow up? I grew up in Roxbury. Where? And so Stafford Street is off of Blue Hill. Okay. Um, and so, like, I seen people, like, I seen the crackheads. Um, I seen, like, people that were doing certain things. And even though I was in that environment, I was like, I don't want to do that. And even, like, graduating high school, I ended up in Georgia in a small town. Were you in BPS for high school? O'Brien, two years. Whoa. I went to three different high schools. Whoa. <laughs> I, I moved to Georgia, small town, dirt roads. And um, I didn't know if, what I wanted to do after high school. So... And only thing natural, people though. did, most, most people don't, but in a small town, there was options where have a baby or work at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> did you have the baby or did you do I the, joined the, the military? Oh. oh, the military was the third option. Oh, third. <laughs> <laughs> Which sector of the national military? National Guard. No way. Yeah. National Guard. I joined the National Guard at 17 because I was like, so like what I'm trying to say is that even though like I was not a sports person, like I, I wasn't a runner or anything. I was like, I don't want to do that. 
And I, I didn't know what the military was about until I got there and it was a crazy it was crazy wait so what were you doing in the military <laughs> so i was a supply specialist but the first day because everybody knows what it's like i didn't know what it was like i just knew what i didn't want to do and um the first day they're like get off the bus get off the bus and i'm like who the fuck are they oh so it was real boot camp it so. was real boot camp. this is i think now it's softer but back then you know i'm 36 i was 17 um it was so hardcore and um they had us packed in the in the truck like sardines probably wicked hot too, it was right? hot in georgia it was in july it was in fort linwood missouri oh god <laughs> And I, Why would I you got ever off, sign up for I, this? Because I didn't want to have a baby. Yeah. Or hit the fast food restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Oh shit. So, so what happens after that? The National Guard. Yeah. So I'm um, in the National Guard, and um, and so like it took me a while to get my shit together because I was not complying. And this, the way they get you to comply is that when I don't do something, the whole company gets smoked. Like smoked means like. You go in the front lean and rest position. You run around. They would have me on the platform standing, and my last name was Jones. Thank Jones for this. And so at night, people would be like, yo, yo Jones, can you just, like, do it? Blah, blah, blah. That sounds awful. So, <laughs> so I was like. Talk about Trump. I was like, how am I going to get out of this? So the, I found out you can say you're crazy. So I, I went to my drill sergeant, and I was like, dude, I'm having dreams about killing you. And he was like, listen, I know what you're trying to do. And if you try to go out this route, you're going to be stuck here in paperwork. I suggest you get your shit together <laughs> and complete the eight weeks and you'll be out of here. It just took that one conversation. I'm a, I'm an observer and I listen. And I'm like, those people that told me about this have been here for a while. Wait, so you, you went up to the drill sergeant and you I said, dude, like, yeah. I, I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to kill you. No, I said I'm having dreams about killing you. And, and, and he knew what I was trying he, to do. Oh, so he yeah. was like. And you're I was not like, fooling me. Yeah, he was like, no, you just don't want to be here. He was like, but you're going to get stuck here if you take the mental health route. Then if so he was actually looking out, even though you just tried, you said you wanted to kill him. And at the at the end of the ceremony, like when we graduated, he like cried and was like, people like me make him want to keep going because I completely changed. And um, knew I didn't want to be in the military after my first year. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Went to college. So, so you came back from Georgia to Boston? Yes, from Georgia, moved back to Boston, um, was in a National Guard and started going to Quincy College because back then, like, I feel like now degrees don't matter um, as much as much. Granted, I ended up in a field where I needed a degree. But um, back then, I was like, if you don't get a degree, you would be a bum. Yeah, I feel you. So um, I went to Quincy College. Well, the invention of the Internet has provided that. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so you're at, Qu- we were talking about this a little bit outside, but you were at Quincy and then you were working at Stop and Shop in a shelter. Yeah. Uh, so I was working at Stop and Shop. I needed another job. There was this ad for a shelter, um, which was like literally down the street from the school. And I was living in Weymouth at the time. And um, I applied. I got the job. Didn't know what it was going to be like. I was ignorance to homelessness. I like, I. I never experienced like alcoholism or drug addiction in my like personal life. I just thought homeless people were people that were like alcoholics. Cause back then it was all alcoholism. It wasn't a lot of like substance. Yeah, yeah. It was older people that was in the shelters, not the vets young, too. the vets. Yeah. They had super like dope programs for vets. It was a lot of older people. And, um, and so like 
once I started working there, I realized, like, no, these people have a story. And, like, I was literally 19, the youngest person, the only, like, black person there. And people literally, like, attached to me. What type of shelter was it? Was it, like, a veteran so shelter? So it was actually a wet – This back then they had a wet shelter. They had two sides. Like, you can come in, like, totally stoned, like, drunk as long as you just, like, go to sleep and be quiet. And then they had a dry side. And they had way more programs because this is before 9-11. Like, before 9-11 – there were so many um, programs for people like to you can go in a shelter and like in six months get a, a Section 8 voucher, get an apartment. So things were moving differently back then when we had a lot of money in the system. So then you. Oh, yeah. I was like, where's that vibration coming from? Like, am I going nuts? Is Celeste going to pick up on it? I'm going <laughs> crazy. So you uh, you're at the shelter mm-hmm. and then you realize, wait. I kind of know how to talk to people and I kind of know how to listen. Yeah. So I I was just there and working overnights and, you know, people were struggling with sleeping. They would talk about their stories and stuff and I would listen and give feedback. And um, was it tough being was it tough not to be judgmental? No, I've never like had that problem. Never? Never had that problem. I mean, that's, when a, I, that's a real gift. It is a gift. The ignorance of like what homelessness was. It wasn't that I judged homelessness. It was more so like I just the didn't understand it. Yeah. yeah. And so like when I got there, I understood like there's these major mental health issues. There's substance abuse. There's so many things that lead people to that place. And these are the people that nobody cares about. Like people like kind of like pass over them. And so and I've always been that person, like the bully, like that would bother the other people. I would stick up to the bully like I would like go toe to toe with that person. Like I've always had that in me to like stick up for the little guy. I think a lot of people think about homelessness is that like, yo, in life, if you view it as like a game, like you get a shot and you know what stupid decisions are. Mm -hmm. So do you think your experience there kind of made you more empathetic towards people in in worse circumstances? Yeah, I I think that because there's so many different ways to end up homeless, um, regardless of like a stupid decision, it could be just a card you're dealt, right? Like we are playing a game of lottery. Yeah, you're playing a game of spades and like you, I can get like a dope ass hand. Like that's the way life is. Like some of the stories I hear at at the start, some people I'm like, how are you still breathing? You know what I mean? Um, so definitely, definitely um, empathetic to the max. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think at a certain point, I realized I was like, damn, man. I had like really driven parents. Like they were, they always provided for me. I went to good schools. Like I sometimes feel pressure myself. Like, dude, I can't mess this up. Yeah. You feel me? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the best hand. Yeah. And I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> you and notice I'm, I stopped saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm six three. You are uh, tall. That's so hot. <laughs> so what were your parents like growing up? Um, so I'm single parent, mom was single parent, um, dad wasn't around. Um, so I didn't grow up in like the best of situations and it's so interesting how I don't understand how I'm here like now. Um, because I was exposed to a lot, like I was able to do whatever I wanted to do, but still chose not to because of, I, I watched the consequences of what would happen when things. Oh, you mean you had a lot of independence growing up? I had a lot of independence. Yeah. yeah. And, um, 
And so, like, so I never paid like attention. partied or like. I never partied. I didn't start drinking until I was like twenty one or twenty two. I it, smoked weed when I was younger, but when the thing is, it's like I never learned how to roll. And this is before. Now they have the um, pieces and bongs. They, yeah, they, that wasn't really out there then. It, it was, was just the, drinks. It was yeah with all the saliva and stuff. I remember the first time I smoked. Um, the first time I smoked. <laughs> I didn't you, inhale. You, oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Totally inhaled. No, you, but you went to space. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I thought somebody was following me. Um, and then I like. I, yeah, I know. You get paranoid. Then I had a bomb ass sandwich. I get, I would have thought it was a sub, but it was literally bologna and mustard. That's it. Yeah, but it tasted so good. This shit was amazing, right? <laughs> do you do you still smoke? So I'll smoke periodically, but so when I was 15, before I moved to Georgia. Um, I was always around people that smoked, and when I moved to Georgia, I didn't know nobody, so that's how I <laughs> stopped smoking. Just oh, because you had no resources. And I have no resources, and I didn't feel like I was ever like I never needed it. It was like a thing that I just. It was did. fun. Yeah, but drinking never got into drinking surprisingly until I was like twenty one. And then 22. you just started hitting that bottle. Yeah, I started <laughs> with like um, I like started it? with um, with wine coolers. Oh, you were yeah. trying to get all bougie. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just thought that I mean I had a little buzz from the wine coolers from like not having no liquor to wine yeah. coolers. Do you know um, the wine coolers? It's like a it's like a spritzer esque so wine. It's like a less heavy wine. Mm-hmm. And so if like if me and you like went to the liquor store right now, Frank, and we were like yeah. I was like, Yo, bro, go get me some wine coolers, you'd be like, dude, pause. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's traditionally pretty feminine. Yeah. <laughs> But they do taste good. Yeah, they taste good. And back in the day, and then I didn't start clubbing until I was like 19, 20. Back in the day, like in Boston, the clubs you can get in at 18. You just would have to wear like Where, like on Tremont Street? On um, where Fenway Park is. Lansdowne. Lansdowne had all the bars. All, all Yeah, but you just had to have a wristband on. So I would like call them, like, can you be 18? Now, like, you can't be 18 again until... No, it's oh. strict, strict. No, back in the day, you was I was partying at yeah. like 18 with my wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lit pregame with Celeste. Go hit those oh, wine all coolers. The time. <laughs> so, so when does all the the mental health awareness and advocacy start for you? So for me, um, so I can I also reference something for you. Start. Yeah. I I think it's interesting that you you started back then because I think just now it's mental health has become very popular. So yeah. you've been around it before it became like mainstream common talk yeah so i wouldn't say like even though i was doing the thing at the shelter i wouldn't have characterized myself as aware because i had my own struggles i've always struggled with depression this is something i talk about a lot i would have never characterized it as depression back then now like i'm so self-aware i already understood what was going on and i would like party and drink and stayed in school and worked i was i always had a job since i was 14 so like because I was exposed to the work life is probably another reason. Like when Justin talked about like this drug, sa- um, Justin on the previous episode talked about drug saving his life. Shout out Justin Clancy. Yo, super dope episode. Um, he talked about like it saved his life. It was because it was his coping mechanism. And I say like we can all cope in different ways. I just happen to take the work school thing. He took the substance thing. and um, But they both like help me like mask a lot of things um at the time that I was struggling with and then um so you feel like you were exerting yourself in societally what would be viewed as like 
uh, a more healthy manner. Yes. So like those people that like are working, like there are some people like they'll commit suicide and people are like, what the fuck happened? Um, because they, according to societal standards, they're like literally like doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So I was doing it the right way, but inside it wasn't the right way. I wasn't like, it wasn't matching up with my trajectory and how I was going. So, so what did you just feel despair? Despair. What do you mean? Like I mean, I'm sure you still, it still challenges you sometimes, but what, f what was off to you? Like, why were you feeling off at the time? So there was no reason for me to be like doing all this work, helping people and going home and feeling sad. So when I realized things were wrong, it started really when I finished school and a lot of people I end up seeing, they start understanding like what's happening because I no longer have school to mask it. Besides school, there's the homework, the test. So all of my time, and I'm not that smart. Remember <laughs> we just said this? Your whack at test. So I'm like studying double time. And now I don't have that to cope. And now all I have is this space, like this pause that I always talk to people about having so St that you stagnant. can understand. Yeah. But you need that like space and that time to reflect to understand what's happening so like life isn't going and your 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 like mental health and your internal self is like stagnant like that's not good yeah so that was one thing i like wanted to talk to you about i think that you probably have pretty cool input on is like work-life balance so for instance i work like kind of like a psycho i do one it's like it's the truth and i don't even mean like glorify it like i just work a lot mm -hmm. and so i wonder sometimes if like I was talking with Frank about this. If you have more balance, do you think you'll be more effective in the workplace? Or do you think if you just you keep going hard, you'll be more effective? Do you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Like we're in execution mode all the time, right? right? Yeah. Or would it be better off like to take a pause, do less, and then be more effective on specific decisions? The pause is better because it's more sustainable. Right now, you're killing the game. Like, the way you're operating what you're doing is super dope. Um, and people like you, when I watch people, I'm like, damn, I hope they're really taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, there's a crash that takes place. Like, you we, you know, you're not going to die from, like, going the way you're going. But are you going to be living or are you just going to be operating in survival mode mm -hmm. and operating in the systems and so, like, it doesn't, it feels different when you're able to really make that balance and, like, make that intentional time. Because that's an addiction, right? There's, it's a mania, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's an addiction. It is. I love it. You I know. You know what I'm saying? I love getting, like, I love building and, like, I love getting stuff done. I know. But I know what you're saying. How, what type of things would you say, like, hey big boat you should start instituting stuff like this to yeah. make things more sustainable i would say like um creating intentional time for like meditation whether it's yoga whether it's everyone reading. is so big on yoga dude no i, I don't tried care about yoga so i was everyone's like yeah just like <laughs> breathe in breathe out i was out here like looking like this the whole okay time. everything doesn't work for everybody but there's breathing there's writing um you know, I think pausing for you because you're always like you're mm -hmm. just on. You're like a machine. You don't stop. Um, and that's because of the way your brain operates. Yeah, that's you have so many ideas. You're like um, you use like a different part of your brain where you have all these ideas. But and you're very smart. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have a dual you're using like dual sides. I want to enjoy it, though, too, right. like to the fullest. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And so you have to be more intentional of like 
all right, let me put the phone down. Let me put the screens down. Like, and let, and, and that Those feels phones, uncomfortable. Man. Those phones. Dude, I'm so intentional. Like, I'll, like, from my job, if I'm going to the post office, I leave my phone and I'm in there and I'm just thinking about my day. I'm just, um, like, processing things and everybody's just on their phones. And I'm like, we don't even understand how much that's, like, really um, shaping the way we are thinking, the way we're living. And that's why so many it's people. So subconscious. Yes. And so many people are struggling with anxiety and depression and all of these other issues is because they're not taking time out to recognize what's taking place. Like this world is happening inside and you're doing nothing about it. And that's not cool. So, mind you, are you about to reach and get the phone? No, I was going to uh, get my water. Yeah, you're about to hit Instagram Live. No. <laughs> Well, you're, you're big on content, too, though. So I how am. do you navigate it without getting too caught up in it? Yeah, so... Um, I, mean, I mean, you people listen to your podcast regularly, you yeah. know? Like, you have media space. Yeah, people listen, um, but I'm intentional. Like, I have family time. I have work time. When I fr- I'm, I've been in private practice for three years, so I work for myself. And I remember the Shout first out year... Shout to you. We got an entrepreneur in the building. Ooh, yes, ooh, sir. <laughs> the first year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, like, working seven days a week. I'm going to be doing it. Um, because it's easy for me to, like, have conversation with people and get clients. And you're and fun. Then, and yeah, like, it's like you're really talking to, like, somebody... But you're it's it's guided. It's not like just like, yo, life sucks. Nah, why does life suck and what we're going to do about it? Mm-hmm. That's the way I operate. And so um, the first year, though... I was like doing all these hours, but then I didn't, I didn't feel right. Like I wasn't home with my family and I was like, oh, I got to change the game. And I stopped like work. I only work one night a week. I don't work on the weekends anymore. I only see a max five clients, like five I, clients a day, five clients a day, max six, if it's an emergency. And so like, I had to be intentional cause I could have easily like made money. Like it's e- easy for me to make money that way, Yes, sir. but I chose <laughs> my peace over the money. I chose the peace because I can keep making money, but am I going to be sustainable? Am I going to be happy? I can't find, I can't pay for peace and happiness. That's the reason why I'm intentional about the way I operate. Is it ever weird for you as a therapist? Like, you know, humans all deal with their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's battling something. Yep. Is it ever weird? Like, do you ever feel like you expose yourself to a lot of people who are also going through it, usually probably a lot more severe than you, that it's going to rub off on you? No. Never? No. Uh, but when I was in a shelter, when I first started, when I wasn't really paying attention to myself, it rubbed off on me. I would go home and like think about these people and be like, oh, my gosh. Like I would be super depressed writing in my journal about them. Um, and then I had to like change my perspective about what I was doing and pay attention to the way I was operating in sessions and things like that. I hear some really fucked up shit. Like I've worked in, I just stopped working in the EDs. I was in emergency rooms um, for the last four or five years dealing with people that are dealing with psychiatric emergencies. Imagine the shit that I hear every single day. It's a lot. And so like, even though like this society and the world is so chaos, like I have so much peace inside. And that's like why I feel like so successful is because of my peace, you know? Yeah. How do you navigate it though? Like you, I feel like you got to have a certain type of resilience to just like sit in there and be like, dude, I'm about to hear some crazy <laughs> stuff. This is going to fuck my mind up. And I'm just going to smile and say, Hey man, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't tell people it's going to be okay. I'm like, this shit sucks. So. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I, I actually really take a little bit of issue with when people say life sucks. 
I Tell me hate why. that. Tell me why. Because it, I think everything good stems from a positive mindset, don't you? Correct. But in the moment, if I'm struggling and it sucks, I don't want you to be like it's going to be better. Because right now, like, I can't take that in. You know what I'm trying to say? But like, what if you put your brain on default where it's like, okay, this is going to suck, but I know it's going to it'll work out. You have to build up to that mindset. So I have moments where things suck now, but I have that mindset now because I've built it. So when people kind of come up in this like traumatic life or the cards they were dealt, we think about like Justin because we just talked about mm-hmm. him and the cards they were dealt. It's hard to really think about it that way. Right. It's yeah. it's hard. So but I think now he's built up so much resilience that it's like he's he he's always hopeful. I feel like you have to. So I let's do some to Joe Rogan ever. Yeah, he's so dope. He's great. He has this big thing about just like struggle and then like you hardening yourself through struggle. There's also a, a motivational motivational speaker called David Goggins who does the same thing. And they're pretty much like it's part of the human condition to be very feeble and then as time goes on you just you break down but you build up a little stronger. You break down, you yeah. build up have you noticed that like with some clients and patients? Yeah, the re- it's the resiliency. But you ha- but it's a mindset. Like everything starts in our mind and Isn't it it's crazy it's crazy people and don't it's really just, realize that they don't everything, realize everything that you have going on is up, starts up here yeah everything so the way we operate if we're if i'm not doing nothing it's because of my fears you know mm-hmm. but like if i'm doing something i'm paying attention and i believe i can do it you believe you can kind of execute and do everything that you're doing so you're able to do it is there some anxiety that comes in a fear yeah but you don't allow it to dictate and stop you from doing it. The problem, like the reason why you're able to keep going and I'm able to keep going is because we recognize it. Beasts. <laughs> don't stop. We recognize it and we don't allow it to like m- marinate in our system. It's fake. We keep, we stop it at the door. Exactly. I'd be like, yo, I can do this. <laughs> Stiff on dog. What, um, so another thing I want to talk about was diet a little bit with you. So I've been like totally fascinated by the American consumer's diet. <laughs> oh God, you know, don't want me to talk about this? Or? No, we can't. No, I'm just thinking about all the money that they make off of us. <laughs> yeah, well, well, literally. And so I have felt profound, profound effects from cleaning up my diet like crazy and profound effects from intermittent fasting cognitively. Mm. I'm so much more clear. I never feel sluggish, way less anxious. Because I think it's very evolutionary. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the earliest humans, they didn't eat all the time and they ate like clean. Have you noticed any, have you ever tried to like prescribe a different diet plan to anybody? Or is most everything you do like spiritual and psychological? No, I take a holistic approach when I talk to people. And I, when you said diet, I looked like that because I was thinking about all of these like pills and stuff that people are trying to do to like lose quick weight. But what you're talking about is part of mental health Mm -hmm. right a lot of the foods and the things that we're eating and you know they affect us they make us major effect and that you know food sleep and exercise those three things are things that we have control over and most americans don't realize like yo if you cut out some of the shit that you're eating if you get your ass up and start moving if you go to bed at a decent time yo your mental health will like elevate like quickly absolutely yeah so i think that when it comes to diet i'm always checking in with people about those three things you know have you ever have you heard some of the theories on refined sugars Mm -mm. so like people really think like refined sugars which is like really highly processed sugars are like the death of mental health i believe it 
So there's something in your body. Frank, quote me if I'm wrong, because I know you know a little bit about this, but your microbiome is like the, the brain of your body, right? I'm trying to sound intellectual here, man. I'm trying to make good points. You know, <laughs> I already said I wasn't smart, so don't even ask me. <laughs> no, you're not good at tests. <laughs> but your, your microbiome <laughs> is like the brain of your body. And so apparently your body can't really process a lot of the refined sugars that we eat. And so apparently it just has like a terribly negative impact on anxiety. Mm. And so they've been doing studies with people who just cut out these refined sugars mm-hmm. entirely and people's, in general, their anxiety is totally decreasing. Yeah, I believe it. I, I think the uh, food food plays a major role, and um, in everything that how we feel. And um, I when I started to eat differently, maybe in like 2013, I started to feel a difference. It's all a process. When I first started, I was like, yeah, like I'm eating like shit. I need to change. And um, why were you eating at the time, dude? I would like so I had my last kid at 2012. I blew up, and I um. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. Though, right? Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. Why did I, after the gym, why was I at Burger King's getting a fucking Whopper? <laughs> and you're, like, uh, you're trying to get these gains. No, but I didn't know, like, I had to eat healthy. I'm like, I just, <laughs> yo. Why was it, was it BK right next to the gym? <laughs> it wasn't too far. <laughs> and I was, like, in love with Whoppers. I don't eat pro- I don't eat fast food anymore. But during they that time. They are good, though. Dude, during they're that time. Bro. You, I, do you eat BK ever? <laughs> oh, they're hitting. I said, um. I'm like, I just worked out. I'm rewarding myself. I was like wasting the fucking workout. Yeah, I feel you. And so like I switched up my diet. I was like, I'm about to get all greens. The problem with us is that like we can't like do it all. Like if I've been eating like shit this whole time, like I have to, I had to slowly. Yeah. So I started with smoothies in the morning. Like gradually I changed and now I like don't even eat processed food. Are most of your changes to your lifestyle, have they all been gradual? Yes. Do you ever have people who come in that can make instantaneous change? People that are very, like, enlightened. There are some people that um, didn't have, like, good guidance, but I can tell, like, they have it. So it'll be people, like, the first day, and they'll, like, when they can pinpoint the areas in which things were, like, fucked up or when things should have been a different way, I was, like, all you need is a little bit of guidance on, like, what you need to do and this, like, that. And and the other people who don't even understand, like they'll tell me some shit and like they're reading somebody else's story, and I'm like, yo, that's trauma. They was like, they would be like, really? Those people take a little bit longer to like get the shit together. What do you mean they're reading someone else's story? So they'll be like, yeah, like this happened, and like I was abused, and and I witnessed this, and then they and then they was like, yeah, and I went to school like with no emotion, like very disconnected. So people that are very disconnected from their story and don't even understand like that's trauma. I think those people struggle a little bit more with getting to a place of understanding because I have to. I have to will it back a little bit and just kind of pinpoint, well, actually, blah, blah, blah. And um, the other people who are like, yeah, this happened. And, but they don't know, like. They, How much it affects them. They don't. And, and they don't. The, sec, the secondary people, they don't know what to do with it all. Because remember, mental health is so stigmatized in America and um, talking about therapy now. I mean, now is better. But like back then, it was like, you know. Therapy is not something that you subscribe to automatically or whatever it is that's going to help you get through it. And so when I give them these tools, they're like so good. Yeah. So, so it, it's equally rewarding for you to, to have some make a gradual change as a quick change. Yes. Either way, you, you know, change. I mean, but even the change when it starts, it's still like a like even though like I'm like so intentional and I'm doing so well. 
I have to continue to feed my spirit, like, because I can easily go backwards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can easily, like, get sucked into society and be, like, so depressed. Yeah, what do you think about, like, the state of prescription? It's crazy. And you hit on it in the last episode. Like, you know, um, you said, who said it? You, oh. um, They prescribed me Adderall when I was young. Because yeah. I was I was rambunctious. Most boys Most are. Most boys are. That's just the nature. You know but, what I'm saying? And I couldn't sit down and I couldn't take tests and I couldn't do homework because I'm hardwired to boom, bam, smack, whoa, you know? And maybe like they needed to figure out a different way to teach you because exactly. everybody doesn't fit in the mold. Well, it's just really easy to say, wait, okay, this kid's kind of giving us issues in class. Let's just... Dope them up, Dope them up, yeah. And and when we're not educated about, like, prescription, when I think, when people think of a doctor, it's like, well, they have all the answers, but they go to school t- for medicine, so why wouldn't they prescribe you medicine? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they do. And people start coming to me because they'll go for an issue and they're depressed or anxious, and they'll doctor be like, here, take these. Not like, what's going on? Then they don't go to the root of the problem. So now I think, like, to fix this internal thing, I need medicine. And when you start off at a young age that way, morph your brain. You you start thinking, like, well, medicine is the only way I'm going to deal with anything I have going on. Not like, let me sit down and process it and let let me talk it out. Let me figure this shit out. I like, just give me a pop of pill. And when I was at the shelter for like 10 years, so over the years, I seen the, the course in which people came. And so I would have to do intakes. And everybody that was strung that was struggling with substance use, they started with some type of medicine. A lot of people started with having some type of medicine. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I just feel like if it helps you, it helps you. But I mean, I also think humans have the ability to fix themselves, as you know. We do. I say we all have it in us, but we just all haven't tapped into it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't like there. I have clients that take medicine and I don't. Um, deter people from medicine but i don't want it to be a first resort mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you like a it can kid really help people though it can really help people but and, and there are some things like schizophrenia medicine works wonders on like yeah. quieting the voices and things like that um but like a kid because they're moving around and stuff i feel like that's like fucked up to do to somebody i feel like sometimes there should be a there should be like a scale mm-hmm. for people who are dealing with some of the more general anxiety disorders or mental health disorders. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, w- let's just try to fix your diet first. Yes. Let's get you, why don't you go exercise yep. first and let's get you on regular sleep. Like, couldn't that be... But who's going to... Like, if I had... it, Like, when you see the commercials, do you ever see a commercial like that? That's what I'm saying. Do it's, you ever it, see it, a commercial that says, like, have you... Are you so do you see this the, might give you a heart attack and okay. heartburn. And, but if I have a commercial about, like, sleep and food, who's getting paid from that? We could call it Celeste's sleep <laughs> schedule. We, we should start selling GD, GDP diet plans. Yes, sir. <laughs> no one's getting paid from that. So, like, they're not going to tell us. They're not going to. We have to educate ourselves. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Frank, question. In in China, are pharmaceuticals as rampant as the U.S.? Not even close? No. Nope. So, so if someone's dealing with anxiety in China, like, what's the normal course of action? Yeah, well, I feel like what you had said at least is that Chinese people are frequently less expressive, correct? 
And even in other societies. Like, That's where you should start your business. You start making a killing. <laughs> all these people have all these issues they haven't talked about. No, but they don't have as much issues as we have. America is the only place. Like, we have, like, high depression, high anxiety because, like, we think that um, we need the best of everything. I could be fine with sweeping my floor with the broom. I look on a commercial and I see a little thing that That's moves Swiffer. around. And I'm like, no, this broom is no longer good. I need that broom. That's Swiffer. That's Swiffer's hitting, Swiffer. <laughs> That's Swiffer's hitting, though. I'm telling you. It but hits every corner, dog. we're not satisfied here. Like, we always want more. We're never satisfied with what we have. Isn't that human, though, to want no, more? No, but to not be satisfied with what you have. Like, to not be content. I can want more, but I like I can want more, but not be sad about what I have. But don't you think some people? I guess drive is different. I want to like I want to win, man. Like that's that's winning. Me, it's not it's not about not winning. The problem here is that I can have a apartment, but because Celeste just brought a house, my apartment looks really small. I'm no longer happy, in, but I can I can still be happy in my apartment and build for a house. You understand what I mean? Like, that's the yeah, problem. There's a, yeah, there's a, well, the nature of society, at least, is competitive. So yes. it's like, yeah, everyone kind of stacks themselves up against other people. Which is where you talk about social media, right? Like, it's all filtered. Like, nobody puts There their are benefits lows. to it, though. There are. No, I'm on it. I'm on all platforms. So, like, and we allow. You're on Stitcher. We, ala- <laughs> we allow <laughs> social media. I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> Stitcher is like a pretty foreign podcast platform with slushes on there you're global dude i'm global i'm in 90 countries Whoa! (laughs) outside of the u.s where's the second listenership canada and then shout out to our canadian friends man uk um it's everywhere i'm learning the map trinidad tobago (laughs) finland australia yo we allow social media you're right social media is not bad i never think social media is bad i think the way we utilize it it's bad like you shouldn't have like the red like the when you're at like the social media apps that those red dots that come up like that's dopamine. dopamine. Hits. Let's do it. Yeah, and like people like and it's I just can't dry. wait to pick up my phone and get a little high after this. Man. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you guys love this stuff. Whoa, you addict. <laughs> Actually, well, it's definitely an addiction. Um, just seeing things grow, I think it's like really fascinating. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you're also entrepreneurial too, though. Is one thing. Everything happened by, you know, the crazy but, thing about my story. But at the, story but at the same time, you, yeah, but you, you like the fact that like your show grows, and I know it's happening holistically, but it's very human to want more, don't you? There's think? nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Because we listen to the celebrations podcast too, so I'm just that's kind of one of the basic. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. I I like I like to celebrate my moments. And I like to build and grow. I still want to grow. Like I'm not, I'm not at a place of contentment in my profession in my career. But am I sad that I'm not doing it like Joe Rogan? Like that's where we yeah, get uh, messed up. Well, I was gonna say like Dr. Phil. Like you might be the next Dr. Phil. Right, like right, yeah. So like, do I want to? Would I want to have a TV show and do what Could I do? Could you have me up on your show? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fire. <laughs> um, I feel like Boston could really benefit from a show like that. Yeah. Like that's my goal. Like my goal is to like create. Everyone a world. here is fucked up. Honestly, <laughs> you're sick. It's the truth, though, dude. Boston no, we is crazy. all are. We all are. <laughs> but I think people embrace it here too. We do. Yeah, it's. I think in general we're embracing more of our fucked up ways in, in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's just like yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're just so. You're, you're tapped. Everyone's tapped. <laughs> Actually. Oh shit. So 
yeah, where would you like to take everything for yourself? Um, How many kids do you have? I have four. Whoa. Yeah, I adopted two and have two. How old is the oldest? You have a 16 year old kid? Yeah, he's. I adopted him when he was seven. Um, I was so like, he doesn't count. Yeah. So <laughs> the first time I had a kid, my, my kid that I had out of my belly, not my vagina. Oh, was it a C-section? <laughs> it was a C-section. I was a C-section baby too. He's probably going to end up crazy he was like actually, me. <laughs> he was actually a test tube baby. Oh. IVF. Yeah. So um, he's eight. He's eight. So I said, as a psychoanalyst, have you like, do you, have you already started pouring into your kids? Yo. You, you got it from make, day one. Don't yeah. mold them like that, though, right? No, 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 no. Let them just figure it out, right? So I teach them about emotions. I teach them to identify. So like my son would be like, oh, I feel frustrated. Like, what happens when we're frustrated as kids and we don't have language? We just act out. So all of the behaviors that the kids are, are manifesting are because of what they have going on internally. So because he can identify his internal struggle, he's not going to act on it. He's going to be able to correct it. And that's what I teach adults to do. We should be learning this shit when we're kids. So what do you tell your son? Like, go punch oh, he, a hole in that wall, son. He runs. He likes to run. He likes to, um, he likes, he takes deep breaths. He was like, he'll, I was like, go take a deep breath. Like, he, he has different ways in which he no, deals you with could it. No, you could do is just like, find like the bully from the neighborhood, right? And say, yo, go square up with that kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go start going He ham. would be like, I don't want to hurt them. He's so sweet. He's kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so sweet. <laughs> so yeah, where would you like to take it? Um, so I would love like a show where, because like my whole, my show, the way it is, is I talk to people who are empowering other people to give people hope. So I would love to have like a national show where I'm allowing people to find hope. Like when you think about AA, Alcoholic Anonymous, it works really well because you have somebody who's been sober for 20 years and I come in and I'm day one and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm like, dude this dude's been sober for 20 years and he has my story. I think I can do it. So like the, the premise of my show is to give people hope. So I'm, I'm listening, I'm talking to people about their story and somebody in one of the 90 countries listening. um, (laughs) But we don't want more. No, (laughs) I never said that. (laughs) We shouldn't want to win. No, we want to win. We want to win. Celebrate. celebrate the moments yeah so yeah i would love to have like a national show are you familiar with yanla she does something yes similar. yeah she yeah she does there was she had the most hilarious episode with dmx like it was, i didn't see that one but oh, i heard it was it was yeah. really funny it was hilarious so i wouldn't want to do it like <laughs> i love him man. i wouldn't want to do it like that but you know i would want to like yeah do it different don't you think it's weird sometimes being media and then also like helping people if you were i'm just saying i'm not saying you specifically but Mm -hmm. if you were like a true philanthropist and like wanted to help people why do you have to do it on camera do you think it's because you can have more impact or do you think it's a capitalistic move um it's both right like i want more things i i want to like i don't want i can't do this for free right it's a fact so like I want to make money and I want to help people at the same time. I have a good balance. I think the reason why I've been able to grow is because my balance isn't like, let me get the views. Let me get the downloads. Let me get this. It's more so like I'm, I'm genuinely coming from like gradual climb. Yeah. I'm I'm really gradually coming from my heart. (laughs) Well, no, it's dope too. Is that like, you know, that in like five years, things will be bigger for you. Yeah. 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 I've watched that dope. Especially 
Because I think about that sometimes, you know, like so caught up and like, you know, let's get this done today. We'll yeah. be there next month. Yeah. But if that that gradual climbs a little more reassuring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the one the the viral people or the one hit wonders sometimes they struggle with continuing to create content because of the way it happened because they, they, they got that major dopamine yeah hit. yeah <laughs> like, damn, hundred thousand views whoa <laughs> yeah but i've been doing this for like five like five i used to go live on periscope every day whoa back that's in those how days. I, yeah that's when i that's how i started that's why i have so many people that listen to me because they just follow me on my podcast and you tr- you frequently just have are you doing Skype interviews normally? Um, no, um, squad. I use Squadcast, so like I talk to people in other states too. Word. Yeah. It what do you What are your tats? So the theme is like love, peace, and happiness. Like, uh, so my I have a quote from J Cole. I love him so much. Um, I don't go to concerts, but I go to his concerts. Oh, what did you go to the uh, Four Hill Drive tour? No, so I didn't know him then. Um, so you found out in like 2015. Yeah, 2016, yeah. Word. So he, I, I lucked out because he came twice last year and the year before last. Um, but it's Beauty and the Struggle. So that's Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, I went to one of his, I've been to two of his concerts, actually. Yeah, he's so good. I love him. Like, if I can meet anybody and, like. Any oh, celebrity. He would be it. Back in the day. Does your husband know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows oh. that. Uh, his his thing is tatted on me. <laughs> oh, this is your husband? This, no, this is uh, J. Cole's line. That's what I'm saying. You have yeah. to school with that. Well, then I got a little, t- I got an initial Oh, but his is smaller than J. Cole's. Hubby, <laughs> 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 man, what's going on here? No, he knows. Like, J. Cole is, oh my gosh. He's dope. He's so dope, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked what he said. He was like, you're, you're so focused on, like, getting it done, doing this, doing this, doing this. But then, like, you reach a certain apex and you realize, like, dude, it, it doesn't matter as much as, like, just uplifting the people around you something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have you that's heard him his, say that no yeah that's his philosophy like none of this matters the cards like he has like everything and then when you earlier when you talked about like the drive and like go 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 and the break and i'm like it's at some point you're gonna crash and you're gonna be like oh so you're saying i'm destined for failure no i'm not <laughs> saying that <laughs> big boat you are doomed man no you're not you're so dope <laughs> we're gonna so additionally frank do you have any any social mental health issues that on your mind mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying you specifically i'm just saying in anything. general yeah well well was it interesting for you when you came to china when you came to the u.s how how much in like the the social stratosphere that mental health is spoken about now it's new yeah. it's very new here like what did you say last like three years? Um, yeah, it's it's so new. I don't. I'm trying to think about like what would have changed the trajectory, but um, I'm happy it's it's happening. Um, because it it's like like we said earlier, our mind it starts in our mind, and it's so stigmatized. You know. Do you ever think you psychoanalyze yourself too much? Not too much. I think enough. Like I think about like my movements, the way I blink my eyes. It happens automatically. But that's the way I'm able to stay in like. No, I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I'm able to stay on point and stay focused is because I'm analyzing myself, and that's important. You should, but mm-hmm. don't. I think obsessively analyzing yourself that could that could also be an issue, right? Well, then that's probably like anxiety when you're like, did I do this right? Da da da. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like second guessing yourself. So I don't second guess myself, but I question 
like I think sometimes we're afraid to like question ourselves because we don't want the answers. Yeah, well, that was profound. <laughs> you don't want the answers. Um, so so because sometimes you gotta be like, yo, I'm fucked up. Like that was fucked up, you know. <laughs> and but sometimes you also do need a little anxiety to keep things going, don't you? It just happens. I think it happens. I think we've all. Nobody could say they've never felt anxious. Well, like, you can't. I think sometimes you you have to operate with a little bit of stress in you. You feel me? Some people do well under pressure. Others don't. Not like insane pressure, but oh, a little okay. on you, right? Like, you know what? Let's keep this Six Flags roller coaster going. No. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, man. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, we're going to get kicked out of the studio soon. But, hey, man, I had a great time. Me too. This was so dope. Is there anything you want to... Well, yeah, give your plug off where to find you and XYZ. Everywhere. I'm Celeste Therapist. I've uh, trademarked my name. Whoa. Celeste Therapist. Because, like, what if a new therapist come out named Celeste? And I'm like, I've built this Celeste Therapist, and now, like... Sh- and you came gonna- branded. Huh? You came branded. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You I need a this- logo, though. You do need to get a logo. This is my logo. I'm using... No, that's not really a logo. Why? That, that's, like, a podcast image. You but need, what if like, I take the like mic this, off? Like, you need to just get something, like, standalone. You know what I'm saying? What if I take the mic off? That That's more of, like, a bitmoji. That's kind of what that is. You got to get like a normal logo. I And I know someone who could do it for you. You're a marketing person. That's why I'm like listening to you. I'm telling you. I know. Get you're, a logo. you're a marketer. I, I listened to your first podcast. It's dope. Wh- what's why you started it. Where you, uh, I don't know if you deleted anything, but the first one where you uh, talked about the reasons why you started yeah. it. I'm like, oh, you're a, like, We've got, a do marketer. You th- do you think it's grown since then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wild, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's so dope. Frank, you should watch it. These dudes had no clue what they were doing. Can I say this is my golden hour? So Yeah, yeah. But wait, no. we got. You got to say where to follow you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm on uh, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Celeste Therapist. And outside the media space, how can people get in contact with you if they hear this and they want to, like, maybe talk to somebody? CelesteTherapist.com. A million bucks. <laughs> Come with that bag ready. Streaming <laughs> in ninety countries. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you say this. Hi. Hi. Wait. Oh, okay. do, do you have it down already? Because if you huh? do, do you know how to end it? Hi, this is Celeste, and this is my golden hour. And then right after you say that, hi, this is Celeste, and that was my golden hour. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wait, and let me preface this. We're gonna what we're gonna do with the clip is we're gonna do the little thing at the start, the little promo, and then we're gonna find a good bit afterwards with one of those flame transitions cool dang do i have everything else okay so celeste is a featured host at the mass cast on june 30th and i heard that she's bringing her husband (laughs) and the four kids absolutely not (laughs) one kid maybe the 16 year old no okay all right my fault Bad sales pitch on my part. Mm. All right, let's hear it. Hi, this is Celeste, and this is my... Oh, wait, hold on. Hi, this is Celeste, the therapist. Whoa. Trademark. And this is my golden hour. (laughs) And then right after. Hi, this is Celeste, the therapist, and this was my golden hour. And I had a great time. I did, too. (laughs) Frank, you let me know when I hit it. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.